Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Jeremy Allen. Thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. We're here at Kyle Robertson's Waters Creek Show. Many of those sponsors are here. They, they are this time. Actually, ComC is right. Now, you are doing a, a little bit of a gig for Card Score, yes. and they are... I think right next to Com City. Yes, just by chance. So give us a quick rundown <laughs> of your hobby involvement, because you're like a jack of all trades and a consultant. But yeah. you love the hobby. and uh... I, I like to dabble in all the different things because I just enjoy the people and the hobby in general. Having a graphic and marketing background allows me to do some things and to help people out, and it gives me a chance to be in the hobby. I actually started collecting mainly in 88 or so, 86, kind of a little bit. My dad got me started on a couple things, but I really didn't take a hold of it myself until 88. Then I started that junk wax era where just everyone jumped on and I was young. Yeah. And <laughs> Not the best time to start. Perhaps. You know, but they, that, that's when you saw the transition of the types of paper they were using, doing full color, back and fronts. And you saw a lot of people pushing a little bit on printing quality and trying foils and all the stuff. But when I was younger, my father had multiple locations at a flea market in Dallas called Trader's Village. Sure. And he sold hats and memorabilia and all that stuff, but he allowed me to have some showcases out there. And I started sure. selling and flipping cards as a kid. I had a couple of showcases and had my little card shop on Fridays and Saturdays. That's when I really started learning more about cards and learning a trade and selling some stuff. So I've been in it since very young. And then I've everyone else and you get into high school and then it wasn't cool to be a card guy and you get distracted with the football team. And you're a really focused guy, but you're also, it seems like you fractionalize yourself. Have you always been having a whole lot of irons in the fire when you were a kid? Or I always do because, you know, it's fun, but it's also stressful. Sometimes mm -hmm. they have that many irons in the fire, but... The Com C thing happened accidentally because I was making some pro set cards. If they were licensed today for fun, I was graphically designing them and I posted them on my stuff and they actually saw them and say, Hey, can you do some design for us? Because we need a designer. And I started talking to them and I ended up, I've done, uh, for the last year, I've done like 25 different pieces for them. Some social media stuff, some stuff for their site, some printed pieces, some stuff they use for Chotsky's at the show. It's been great meeting everyone over there. They've been really great and I've had fun with that. But on their side there, we've had some marketing discussions with the marketing manager stuff where I had some ideas where they could look at some stuff. So you're more than just a graphic guy. You're I love graphics, but I'd say it's probably about 5% of my wheelhouse, but I do that 5% very well, but I'm interested in the entrepreneurship and business and marketing and that kind of stuff. So, so how many entities that are at this show are you working for or with? So right now I did the graphics for Com C. I actually did two things for this show with Kyle and the show itself. I designed some social stuff and their flyers. Okay. Then Kyle's personal shop. I just designed some stuff for them for his okay. personal shop. He just opened down the street. Card score. I'm not here on a graphic or marketing thing at all. It's more marketing sales and representing the product and talking right. about the product with them. Then I actually just started talking to a couple other people on the floor that were interested. And one guy says, I want you to give up everything and come on with me. So that's in discussions right now. And then on top of all that, I'm Collector's League. And that's just my persona in this business. I don't sell anything. I have a little eBay account to sell some personal cards on. But it's a place that I show my in and outs of the hobby. Or if I'm hanging out with you, I take a cool picture. Or if I design a fun card, I put it on there. Or if I see a cool product, I might take a picture of it and talk about it. So it's just a little bit of everything. But in, in general, right now, I'm thinking I got four different companies I'm working on here. Oh, and then there's a new one too. I forgot about this. Uh, to the Moon is throwing a virtual card show in January with Whatnot and using that platform to launch it. Whatnot's trying to come on strong now. 
Yeah, they're reaching out and so there's another company called Network doing the same thing where they do these like live shopping experiences online. They're reaching out to our card community to try to find breakers and unique people to use their platform. So that's happening now. I, I saw uh, the flyer mm -hmm. that you did for the show. Yeah. And um, is there going to be a problem going forward that Kyle is getting so many sponsors for this show that you're having trouble fitting them on the flyer? This is really a big show. Yeah, I, and I think Dallas has done a really great job of centering itself. And I have a lot of people uh, that are not local here asking why this show is so powerful. And I think it's for several different reasons. What's your take? Yeah. The shutdown with COVID, a lot of places are locked down a little tighter. Well, and tighter than Texas, for sure. Yeah, and Texas has been a little looser, so they were allowed to get moving a little sooner than some other places. And people have been cooped up in the, their houses for so long, and they wanted to get out and run around, so they made it to Texas to the show. Because everybody got stuck online buying everything during COVID, and that started to spike online but no one was actually at shows and stuff. So it was a new place for people to take it to the next level and they're collecting and understanding, especially all the new people, they haven't been to shows before. So I think it just became the mecca of everyone seeing the sunshine again from leaving the cave. <laughs> do, you, do you have any feedback for Kyle? There's other shows out there around the country. This is one of the few, I think, that integrates more than one room into the card show experience. There's a bigger room, then there's a medium-sized room, which otherwise would be, still be a good show with 100 tables. So there's 400 tables, 100 tables. Uh -huh. And then there's a couple other rooms that are smaller. Is it is the flow of that? Have you been involved? Do you have any discussion with Kyle? Because it seems to be working. Um, is that serendipitous? Or it's less than ideal. Yeah, it's less than think, ideal. I, I, but it seems to be working. It, it is working. And I, I think that we're in a nice area that's got a hotel and restaurants attached, and I think it lends itself to be friendly and, and easy to deal with. Instead of having a separate conference center where it doesn't have the hotel and all that stuff, so it allows this event. I've been here for the last two nights until two in the morning in the place. I, I think he's done a really great job on the show. I think there's some places to improve. I think we could get a little bit more polished and, and look at long-term, because now there's a lot more competition that are trying to be bigger shows in multiple cities. I think there's some things he can do. I'd probably work with those other places and, and get a network together and keep okay. his shows going. It seems like Many of the listeners of this podcast and people that I meet at the shows, mm -hmm. they want to get a job in this industry. And yet I think you have about four. <laughs> so yeah. what's your secret or what would you tell somebody that's looking for a job in this industry? Because it's exciting. It's a lot of fun, great people. But number just, one, you have skills. I have, I have skills and I have a passion. I have a set of skills that's needed in, in this room. There's a lot of companies that are going through a lot of growth right now. And it's the skills that they need exist out there, but the people that have the skills don't understand this industry. So there's a learning curve and high level. We sell cards deep into it. There's a lot of ins and outs of the cards and the histories and why this works or doesn't work and the different clients and stuff. So I think anyone that's got some of those skills and has some understanding, there's some opportunities here. There's a lot of uh, these newer companies in here that are being created. And there's stuff we don't even know what's happening yet that are looking for people that understand this industry and then have the skills they're looking for at the same time. So I think there's a lot of opportunities and they're going to continue to grow. I've talked to multiple companies. There's a lot of opportunities. They're looking for every one of them's hiring. Every company in here I saw, they have this for skill or for attitude or, or experience or culture. What? A lot of them cultures. Uh, yeah, it, I agree. A lot of things you can train people to do. You want people that want to love to be here because everyone that's walking around the show. This is their off time and this is their fun. So we have to give them a great experience. This is like their little Disney world for the weekend. I watch a grandfather and a, a dad and a son come in here and they're teaching the son what a Mickey Mantle card is. And you can see just how powerful that is. And that's an experience that that kid will remember forever being with his dad and his grandpa at the show and doing something fun with them. And it's not always about flipping cards. There's different aspects of this hobby. And I think you got to nurture them all.
And shows a great place where, because the community, I run into people, I see all the shows and I'm getting to become friends with a lot of these people. And we don't even talk about cards sometimes. We're just like, hey, how's dad going? And did you make it? Did you buy that new house yet? And it's becoming a whole community for me. Did you buy that new house after you sold all those cards? One of the things I do tribute sometimes to people that have passed away in the industry, and that's bittersweet, but it's better to do some kind of a tribute to somebody that's still alive, like our mutual friend Randall. Yeah. You know, so I know that was uh, one of your connections to our company. And Randall is the, one of the best examples of somebody that was allowed and encouraged to incubate his business under our roof. Yes. Because he just was a quality guy. He had an entrepreneurial instinct. And so he started doing some things on the side. And then there came a time he knocked on my door and said, it's time for me to go do my own thing. And, and it was with my blessing. Uh, he's a great guy. He he's a an lot awesome of talent. Guy. He's great a lot family. Of talent and a great wife and everything. So what was your connection there? Did you, did you then work for Randall or were you aware of our company? And I was aware this goes of your, back 20 plus years. Yeah. I'm a, I was aware of your company, but I have three levels of relationships with Randall. We actually met through church. Okay. It was not about being a part of his business or anything. I, we just had fun and we, I went to events with them and we hung out and with Carrie, we did stuff at their house and they were just great people, open arms, a lot yeah. of fun. And I enjoyed being with them. And then as time go on, I was into graphic design. And so was Randall and Carrie was learning how to do graphic design at the same time. And they were doing freelance from the house really? and they started growing that business. And I was doing web design and eventually he knocked on my door because he uh, took uh, Troy Aikman on as the client and was doing his fan club. Right. And he gave me the opportunity. At that time, I grew into a boutique design firm with a couple of partners and we were doing web development. We talked and he allowed me an opportunity to work on uh, Troy Aikman's site and Mike Bonanno's site. So he was doing sports publishing and sports marketing, I think. Yeah, he, he was doing the fan clubs and he was yeah. working on like entertainment and football stuff. And I, I think he worked on Emmett's book. That's right. And so he was doing some publishing type stuff and then some designs. Yeah. And he had other clients outside of sports, but he had a lot of sports related clients. And it didn't give me heartburn in the sense that he was moving into an area that was not exactly what we're doing, but I, those weren't things I wanted to do at that point. And I didn't have a passion for him. And we had so much to work on. Randall has a big heart. And, uh, you know what? Randall always told me how much he enjoyed working at, at Beckett and how much he liked the team. Yeah. And I'm always trying to get more information and understand it more because as someone that, was, that collected cards and I was a designer, so I love the design of cards. I don't think a lot of that's appreciated enough no. in this room is the pure design and the layering of the technologies and using the paper against the graphics. There's too much worried about value. I think there's more opportunities for highlights there for designers. But well, I, I have a saying that bad design costs just as much as good design. It does in different ways, right? Yeah. So when I was a kid, right I wanted to be... First time. Yeah. My dream job in this industry when I was younger was to be the card designer. Okay. I wanted to design the sets because you can take something that's in my head yeah. and it gets to be tangible and everyone looks at it and holds it and they like it or don't like it. And it's for a designer, that's like the ultimate feedback. I love that. Now I can't live that dream because everyone fanatics locked out all the licenses. But back then it seemed like but I had they, a chance. Uh, they outsource stuff. It's possible. I did my first card yeah. that I actually printed for to the moon and he's got to get his table. He's been signing them and handing them out for fun. <laughs> so he signed a hundred copies to give away to people. Five years from now, you're going to be doing the same things you're doing now. It seems like you have creative freedom within these relationships that you're working with. Long term, I, I don't want to do eight different things with eight different companies. I want to be in this hobby and I want to either do my own thing if I find whatever that is that I'm really ready to go at or be on a team of somebody that I believe what they're doing and be a, a founding member, someone that they can trust to, to make it happen with Get them. Done, yeah. 
So, and, and if I see the right person I believe in and stuff, I'll, I'll hang up all my, all my hats and focus on whatever their dream is if I believe in their dream. What about your collection? Have you got a, a big collection, small yeah, collection? Yeah, my, my collection is all over the place and there's gaps in it. I was mostly a football collector and mostly a Dallas Cowboys PC and there's probably a lot of people who hate that. But I have the Bob Lays and the Rogers and Dorsets door and then I got Zeke's and Dak's and I got all that kind of stuff. And then I have random stuff. I have some Elvis cards. I find Elvis to be an interesting thing. It's a unique crossover because yeah. he's very collectible everywhere in all levels. I have two friends. Completely different, but I've lived a long time now. But one of my friends used to play with Elvis. Really, he's got great Elvis stores. And one of my other friends owns Trader's Village. Oh, really? Yeah, Trader's Village is the same people who've owned it the whole time. I he's owned it for decades. So and they had the other one in Houston as well. Yeah, and and San Antonio now too. Oh, there's one in San Antonio. Yeah, that's a. So my dad's still out there today. I think it's a really cool concept. And I used to go out there every once in a while back before I knew this guy and uh, there'd be cards out there. So there was a lot of cards. And Canton, the first Mondays. I never made it out there. That's, I want to. Again, there would be stuff occasionally, but coming to a card show where every table has cards is better than going to Trader's Village where one or two out of a hundred. You know what though? The Trader's Village experience happened to me at the right time in my life because it allowed me to explore running my own little business because it gave me the atmosphere to, to have a showcase and have clients. And then I was into cards, so that was my product. And there was a couple other kids that they had to work there with their fathers too, and they sell cards. So we'd run around, five or six of us, trading our cards, selling our cards to the people that are walking there, and then we would buy amongst ourselves. So I had this little like trading card community at Church Village that I was looking forward to every weekend. It was a small community out there of six guys, but we were all of our fathers were like, we have business out here and you're working out here for free this weekend, son. <laughs> well, Jeremy, thanks for joining us today. I know. Uh, I love doing this podcast, but it, uh, any listener, if you're trying to get a job in the industry, be like Jeremy, have some skill, have some integrity and have some personality. Jer- Jeremy, you've got all that. So. Fantastic. <laughs>